0: and welcome to a very special episode of the 3T RPG podcast. My name is Harrison Hunt and with me is Nicky Lambeau. Goodbye. <sighs> okay, um, today is our <laughs> yearly awards show where we dole out awards for the best and worst things in RPGs this year. Now, we'll still be doing our usual segments, but if you want to just listen to the awards, then skip to... 25 minutes and 57 seconds. Usually, of course, we thank our patrons, but for the end of year show, we'll do that at the end. For now, let's do some feedback for the last episode, shall we? Yeah, let's do some. The feedback side. The feedback side. Yes, bitch, the feedback side. It's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah. Yeah feedback, bitch. Yes, mate. Alright, so uh, the first feedback comes in from Ace B. He says, uh, he's talking about gas gate. You see, I just want to apologise because on the last episode, Nick, (laughs) as you are well aware, I had some problems. I had some stomach problems and... um, (laughs) Unfortunately, the listeners had to hear it. I'm not editing that out. I've got things to do, all right? Uh, sure. But yeah, Ace B, he says, uh, you finally have an award-winning outro with this episode. <laughs> yeah, for those that don't listen till the end, till the very end, do, because sometimes you get a little bonus where, for example, I might take the sounds of farts I did during the episode and turn it into a nice tune for you to a listen nice to.
1: Ditty, yeah, exactly. Or outtakes in some. You a fan of the uh, of the song, Nick? I am, I must say. Uh, <laughs> I was crying. We create, we're create creating new genres <laughs> it here. It was beautiful, Flatulence at its finest. Mm. Thanks, man. I'm That's I'm right, so man. proud of myself. This is what Me we too. spent the last five years building up to. Exactly. We've finally <laughs> made it. You know, when we've got fart pop tunes then <laughs> Then you know. <laughs> you know. You it's know. There. then you're in the big leagues.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Terry Hansen, he says, please expand on the ICRPG initiative method you're using in more detail. Um Yeah, so last episode I mentioned that we're using the IP icrpg um initiative system when we're playing online games and um, but for like an idiot i didn't elaborate on what that actually <laughs> means so in icrpg uh, the way it works is you go around the table and um, just as if you're playing a board game so dm goes or the first player to your left then the next mm-hmm. one and you go clockwise around the table um, alternatively you can roll a d6 to determine where the turn order starts when combat starts up which is what i do um, but yeah you just go around and it, it actually works a lot well a lot more well for online play because it's easy just to go through turn orders no rolling initiative no writing stuff down people
1: just you just say you're doing this and you kind of use yep. it like a spotlight exactly and it's nice because it gives everybody a chance you know if there's like you know there's nothing worse than five six people trying to talk over each other on discord because it can get a bit horrible um but if you do, with this kind of method you give everybody a little bit of time in the in the limelight if you like and uh I think it definitely works a lot better. It stops that kind of over-talking and stuff, doesn't it?
0: Well, yeah, because ICRPG, it, what it does is it also says to remain in turn order when out of combat and just sort of go around the table and say, what are you doing? Even yeah. if a player just says they're not they're not contributing, I'm just going to stay at the bar drinking my drink. That's still something. It still adds mm-hmm. something to the flavour of what's going on. So, yeah, that's what we've been doing, and I've noticed cool. it's sort of like, because uh, well, we're playing online, it stops people from talking over each other, and it also means that, I've noticed like people sort of almost pairing up with the person that their yeah. turn is next to, like you mm-hmm. and Ryan sort of like teaming up to dig and things like this, yeah. and like having yeah. conversations with each other, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's not ideal when you're at a table, because why do you need to do that? If somebody wants to speak, you can see them, do you know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely, yeah, precisely. But for online, it really, really works. I recommend basically any game just to stick to that initiative system, because it's really quite good agreed um yeah and that is basically it for feedback i mean uh yeah the people the people the people were just they're they're enraged no they're happy about fartgate that's that's (laughs) what we can take from this so far so good with fartgate yeah so that's all right (laughs) i'm so sorry everyone (laughs) even my my mum sort of listens to this and she said she was like i just found it so funny and i was like mate my mum will literally just she'll love everything i do i I literally (laughs) farted and she was like great one (laughs) Good one. Good, that's my boy. <laughs> that's my boy.
2: All right, um, let's do some RPG
0: news, shall we? Thanks for that, yeah. Nick. That's all right, mate. News. 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 yeah, news punch. This is something I thought I'd never say. Pathfinder coming to Savage Worlds? Yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on?
1: <laughs> if <It's> this year <laughs> Do you know couldn't what? get me with this, because it's, the only reason I noticed this was because I was, I was I was flicking through the socials, you know, every now and again, and I saw and I was like, "That's the Pathfinder Goblin," then I realised, "Oh, that's the Savage Wells post." What the fuck's going on here? I just I don't know what's real anymore. What's happening? Know, what is happening out Hello? there? Man? <laughs>
0: Hello, world. You've gone crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so essentially what they're doing is the adventure path. So these are like their big campaigns, right? And they're coming over to Savage Worlds. And to be fair, that's quite a good way of doing it because Savage Worlds has this system that they call uh, plot point campaigns. So it's all episodic campaigns. And I like that a lot, um, actually. I don't use them to be fair, but it's a good system for it. And yeah, uh, mm. you know, the adventure paths are coming over, starting with Rise of the Rune Lords, um, something I know nothing about. Uh, but so it's not the system itself, because Savage Worlds can easily do fantasy as it is. But all the Pathfinder adventures are coming over to Savage Worlds. And I wonder, I've got a bit of a theory, because you know when Pathfinder 1st Edition first came out, it was sort of solving a problem, because people didn't like D&D 4th Edition, they just oh, wanted... Oh, this it, is right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. an so upgrade it, of th- 3.5. That's it. So what? What is where is Pathfinder 2nd Edition's niche now, considering everyone likes 5th Edition D&D mostly, right? So mm. I'm thinking now maybe the financials have taken a hit, and they've gone with this sort of you know, B-list, maybe D-list companies and putting out their adventures. I mean, that is a bit fucking
1: weird. Things can't be going well over at Paizo. What's going on at Paizo if they've got to, like, sell off their adventures? To Shane Hensley.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I mean, uh, look, Paizo, hit us up. We'll do a crossover too. I don't know yeah. what I mean by that, but fuck
1: it, <laughs> we do something, mate, don't we? Yeah. Um, so so you, I, I don't know. I mean, is there a lot of savage? Is there a lot of savages out there that goes, you know, what I bloody need a Pathfinder f- adventure, but I, do well, you know what, I need, it, I need it published because I can't do it myself. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> do you know I mean, what I mean?
0: Yeah. it's it's really it's not really that useful. I mean, if you it's already lazy, have the Pathfinder really? ones, it is a little bit. It is a little bit lazy, and but you know, the the, the thing is, I think that Savage Worlds is missing uh, sort of an epic fantasy setting they've got low fantasy ones and things like this but i just don't think that's really the strength of savage worlds anyway Mm. and i also think that um you know if i want to play epic fantasy just why don't you just play
1: pathfinder or dnd i mean pathfinder is banging like you know we have played pathfinder over the years and you know when i think of when i like you said when you think of high fantasy and stuff you do think of you know your dnds and your pathfinders and when you think of like you know, pulp film, fanta- over the top explosions and stuff. Then you think of Savage Worlds. Like, I don't know. Do, do they need to cross? Who knows?
0: No, I don't know. I, 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 I do agree with you. I just think it, it seems a bit weird to me, but. Hey-ho. We'll see. Maybe when they come out, we'll take a look at it. I mean, it's not oh, really oh, of something... Course, yeah.
1: We, I mean, we'll check it out. But, I mean, what's next?
0: You know, D&D and Cthulhu? Like... <laughs> Fuck. I actually played um, Acton Cthulhu in uh, Savage Worlds once. which is Oh, like... yeah. That is good. It's, it's good. <laughs> but the, but because Savage Worlds really isn't set up for the sanity system in Call yeah. of Cthulhu, it takes, yeah, like, yeah. a month to roll sanity on it. And it's so <laughs> rubbish. It's so bad. So, if you do get Acton Cthulhu, play the... the, the actual Cthulhu rules it's much gotcha. better oh because it's got both isn't it in there yeah yeah. Right so, yeah which is one of the cool things about it mm-hmm. Um yeah so the next bit of news is and I don't know if this is really news but it was a slow week I've got to be honest with you Um so customers displeased with Tasha's cauldron of everything now this is the d thing isn't it it is yeah, it's, yeah. It's, the, it's the new book and what it is oh, is okay. this is this has come out. It's like it's almost like there was an old one called Xanthar's Guide to Everything, and it's like that kind of thing where it's sort of like here's a bunch of new class options, new items, new monsters, and new things. Like this and the big thing that everyone was looking forward to is new rules for um, setting races in D and D. So, okay. what what you can do now instead of like all races being pitted and holding to the same thing, mm. you pick from a. It's basically just set dressing. So you pick from dwarf elf whatever and then you pick a bunch of like sort of racial heritage stats so it could be your dad was an orc your mum was an elf and then suddenly for some reason a dwarf came out I mean (laughs) it gets weird and it's it's, is and and then you just pick so if you want to be a really magic-y fast dwarf like with the stats of an elf then you can do that which is fine I guess Mm -hmm. but what's the point in even having races in the first place but here's the thing the the news really is what what it is is this came out and this is what everyone's been after for ages a more open style to races so that you can it's more about heritage rather than fucking just sort of the same starting stats for every yeah, single I get race. You. Okay, and now people are annoyed because it doesn't address the problem that NPCs still fall into the stereotypes. <laughs> and let me just say something: <laughs> the, these NPCs are falling into the stereotypes. Of fictional cartoon races made up by a man in the 70s. I don't think there's a problem there. Let's get over <laughs> it, shall we? Oh, no, more about this cauldron. Tasha's cauldron. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah uh, that's the thing as well. There's no cauldron. I've looked through the book. What? All I wanted was... I thought it was a book about a cauldron, and it isn't. <laughs> Me too, that just spewed out everything. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick, no. it, it's, it's a mislabeled product, and it doesn't address the rate look dwarves have been subject to persecution for a long time actually I would say that real world dwarves that's the only one that really does sort of fit into our real world doesn't it because real dwarves probably do have to go through a lot oh yeah yeah but anyway yeah. we've sort of uh, we sort of stumbled upon a subject we shouldn't be speaking about the point is yeah, the point. Pe- <laughs> people are upset about the book and I think it's a little bit silly that's about <laughs> it and that is it for news this week so yeah slow week man so week week <laughs> never mind I might cut all of that. But yeah, okay. <laughs> well, let's uh, talk about what we've been playing, shall we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? Alright. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome <laughs> to the Cauldron of Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tasha, your host. Yeah, that's another thing as well. Actually, that book, it doesn't have everything in it, does it? So No. No. So, it's all lies. So it's, it's all lies. <laughs> but we've been playing old school essentials, and actually just wrapped up the third arc of our oh boy, our fantasy campaign. And, yeah. Uh, this is where the uh, the players left their dying planet and went to a futuristic alien planet where it's so oh, yeah. far after the apocalypse that tribal tribes have started up again. The yeah, jungle post, post was,
1: apocalypse wasn't it? Yes, post 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 mm. Malone and. Um, mm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty cool because essentially, yeah, it's this thick jungle planet with tribes on it, but there's these technologically advanced men in hazmat suits that are taking the tribes in the night, doing experiments on them, trying to find cures to diseases in their really futuristic, advanced city that is like yeah. stands out like a sore thumb, basically. The spindle. Yeah, that's what it was called because it had, it had this. It was basically a server that powered an AI that was so huge and tall that it it reached up into the clouds like a big spindle so that's what the city was called yeah it's fucking cool and these guys essentially bought a bunch of gold to go and bargain with, with those people and get them to leave them alone and ended up sort of working with them but they were working with them to sabotage their plans to
1: sort of hit the eraser button on the planet and start yeah. over. Yeah, because um, we sided with the we sided with the um like the, the 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 um the clans and stuff, not the city. Um but we told the city folk that we would help them, but the truth of the matter was that we was actually trying to help the people that we had first met, which was the um yeah, these kind of like tribal um kind of separated groups and join them all up and stuff. It was cool.
0: Yeah. And and the the cool thing is is yeah, what 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 it was is their plan was they had these sort of uh, printers they but they had to connect the whole thing to a network and they wanted mm. the players to bring two stations online to connect it to the network so that they could hit, like hit a button and sort of print up the old versions of their cities and bring the world to what it was it used to not be like before but all the tribes would die. So these yeah. guys just went to one of these substations and uh, blew the fuck out of it basically um, so that their, their plans could never be never come to fruition. That's right. And it was pretty cool because what happened throughout the mission, it was this old sort of decrepit factory where, where lava was pouring in and stuff like this which they called the brain fluid of the planet or something like this. Yeah.
1: Yeah and the guys basically blew the fuck out of it and uh, I mean this is going to sound... Not on purpose. I mean we were... My character was trying to get this generator back online and inadvertently set it into self mode. mode so.
0: well we sort of had a theme throughout the fucking campaign where your character was unable to use computers I mean you didn't have computers <laughs> yeah. on your world anyway but you gave well, it, a gam- it a damn good try and yeah. never succeeded no ever I mean he pissed on a control panel oh god yeah he was just it would be simply like mashing buttons so yeah Nick's character <laughs> went up to this generator and I kind of had a random table of shit that could happen <laughs> if they just started flicking buttons right and he got the worst possible one which was like an unrever- an irreversible um, self-destruction yep and it's like yeah, they did want to blow up the facility, right, to stop the uh, the spindle from uh, being able to reprint the planet, but they kind of wanted to to f- sort of scope it out, do it in a safe way. On terms, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then suddenly it was like, okay, I put on a real timer in real life of an hour, and we we're like, oh, okay, man. this place starts shaking, it's crumbling. We had two people in one room in a fight with a giant robot. You yep. and another guy in the in a room in the meantime. And, you know, one character tried to surf over some lava to get to a place quickly. And <laughs> on a on the shield. Back of, no yeah, a <laughs> holographic shield. <laughs> Made of
1: hard light, yeah.
0: And fell straight the
1: fuck in. My favourite bit melted. was that you, Nick's character, what did you do to try and uh, try and save him? Well, I felt really bad for, like, because obviously James' character, Runaway, who died, had picked up this little alien called Friendly the Alien along the way. And it was like a father. <laughs> it was like his father. <laughs> And um, oh my god! After the runaway had like kind of melted, and we saw his like skeleton doing the Terminator Two thing when he goes into the lava, you know, um, yeah. I, I grabbed a bo- I grabbed a cup and a book and tried to. I mean, I, I say this in air quotes. Scoop up his soul just to keep the alien pleased. So sort of whether clap it's in it there or not, the I book, don't care. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that's what I fo- I, I think like. Uh, let's be fucking honest. The ca- that part of the campaign's over, so I can tell yeah. you, his ghost wasn't in that cup. But, <laughs> yeah, happened. I was just, I was just gonna like at some point, if you ever opened it, I was gonna say like, yeah, a bit of steam comes out. It was just like sort of fumes from <laughs> Laugh his burning body. <laughs> like you just look at it and went, well, that must be his soul. <laughs> it smells was like, polk. <laughs> to be fair, if you want to resurrect somebody, you need a bit of them, right? I wonder if that would count. I don't know. I didn't there even think go. that far ahead. But yeah, sometimes when I talk, we talk about our campaigns. I do think this it's just fucking weird some of the stuff i say (laughs) but it was funny because yeah they had to escape this facility really fast and i looked at the timer and i said when they came down in the elevator to get inside to this like underground facility i said right it takes about 10 minutes to get down there and they finally get back on the elevator after it's crumbling they're all hurt shit like this and once they're on the elevator going up i look at the timer and it's got eight minutes in there and i'm like if you don't speed this up somehow you know you're you're gonna die, and so we had fucking one guy. Um, he tied his flying broom to the elevator and then <laughs> was flying up like giving it all he can. Like, and we did like a, a extended skill challenge for him to sort of yep. yank the lift up faster. Oh, mate. It was so it was really epic, but it's so weird sometimes because yep. then because then to think about what happened next. Then you left, got into your flying saucer. You know, it's just like fuck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they got into their <laughs> flying saucer. And called the guy at head office, and he was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to go for plan B. And they suddenly look over at the spindle in the distance and see, like, a, a cacophony of nukes coming out of it, oh just flying everywhere yep. on the planet. Yep. And Nick came up with a genius idea, because they'd found an AI within the facility, and he'd put it onto a floppy disk. And the AI was, to be honest, quite hostile. But hmm. you sort of came up with the idea of, like, but what if he hates his boss? right and then slammed it into the ufo and the guy's like the guy the ai sort of sees what's happening outside and he just goes oh no he's finally bloody done it and so yeah we, we ended the game with these guys trying to finally master the computer over an extended oh skill challenge yeah. like a team yeah. thing mm-hmm. and redirect the nukes towards the spindle and then it was just like yeah but, but basically the game ended with eight nuclear explosions
1: on this big city it was fucking fun man <laughs> yeah we raised that town to the ground and then uh yeah, then we was um, we was uh, celebrated as, as the saviours, weren't we, by all the tribes and folk, so that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah.
0: That was a cool little scene at the end, yeah, you guys it, were sort of flying over your UFO, sort of taking yeah. it slowly back to your tribe, and
1: everywhere <laughs> you look, there was people clapping, like like all the tribes Throwing celebrating in the air and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's awesome. It's it was cool, a cracking I... campaign, I mean, the whole... You know, the three iterations of 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 the campaign were fantastic. I mean, if we think back where it started, you know, a, a party putting together a bloody monster zoo in D&D and, uh, you know, and where it got to by the end of it. It's just incredible.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really glad you liked it. And uh, it oh, was oh, good mate. to finally, I would have preferred maybe to just use the Mutant Uncle Classic system... It's just that it's a little bit more complicated for online. So I just use stuff from the book. And because it's OSR, it worked with OSE. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I certainly had fun. And it was really Mm. good. I think we'll return back there. But your characters are all so powerful and so high level. I'm thinking of making them like... NPCs and maybe you start out as some tribes people this time, but that'd the cool. leaders are your old characters. You know that'd be fun. Yeah, that
1: would be cool. But actually,
0: yeah, we're starting our next campaign on Thursday, and we're it's kind exciting. of doing it because these guys, their old planet died. We know what happened to the ones that survived and fled on the boat, but what about the ones that died? So we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna play a Planescape campaign using the Troika system. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and primarily, I'm gonna be setting this one in sigil which is like the city of doors it's basically if you imagine the cosmos in D, there's the outer planes which is where you go when you die right yeah and it's like a big wheel with with eight cities well are not eight entire universes all around it that represent each one of the alignments and right in the middle there's one called the outlands which is like the neutral place right yeah but it's almost divided like a pizza so so like you go to the section for uh, lawful good, and everyone there is really lawful good, but the hellish parts are, you know, the chaotic evil, it's just like like streams of lava imps, like and so that's what's kind of cool about it, but in the middle of this and this is kind of weird, there's basically a um, infinite spire that has a top right but the between is completely infinite and on top of that is a ring city on the inside of a ring so um and it's called sigil and this is basically Mm. also known as the cage because it's really difficult to leave it's got it's called the city of doors as well because that's loads of portals on the top of it that lead to all over planescape to the different planes like mount celestia um hell or whatever right (laughs) yep um, but they're really difficult to use because the key can, to these portals can be anything. It could be that you need to pat yourself on the head and say Bibble. It could be that you need to not like think about not wanting to go through when you go through. It could be anything. Yeah. Yep. So people call it the cage because they're mostly trapped there. And then when you die, you you go then to your actual sort of resting place of your alignment. And that's basically what makes it so fun and weird because time doesn't make sense... Fucking geography doesn't make sense. Like it can yeah. sometimes take you a month to travel somewhere, or thirty seconds. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that—that's kind of what I, I'm thinking about. And I, it's going to be like a city-based campaign in this scummy, fucking, horrible city. And I've been reading. The reason I bring this up is because I've been reading the old Planescape material from AD and D, and it's really interesting. What I really like about the the setting and one thing that it says is basically it describes Sigil this ring city as if you've got a normal city put it into a bag then shook it up and then <laughs> plopped all the all the stuff out that's what it would look like <laughs> there you go
1: that's a good that's a good way to vision, uh, visualize it isn't it
0: that, and the troika system is made specifically with the city of sigil in mind so i think that's why i chose it but yeah I would say that you can print all of the old Planescape stuff off on Drive-Thru RPG, and it is really fucking good. So well worth a, a, a read because it's so deep and so involved and so much fun um, and just weird, you know. Because this, this Ring City is at the middle of fucking, like, the entire cosmos of the afterlife you could just casually walk down the street and see an illithid you know a mind flayer sitting at a bar ordering a drink (laughs) or (laughs) yeah yeah, I mean there'll be goblin pubs you know there's like demon bars that only allow demons in there oh man it's gonna be so cool yeah and there's one of my favourite things is there's these things called debuts you know the lady of pain she's this person yeah, that has yeah, the power yeah, yeah. she's so powerful she can tell gods not to come to sigil <laughs> and she rules it basically but never says anything and just kills people and stuff like this and she's fucking cool but yeah there's these things called debus that she commands and they speak in shapes which is fucking weird <laughs> and um they they consistently every time some place dies on sigil they rebuild over it so if you go deeper and deeper there's layers and layers and layers and layers of old towns just underneath yeah, the city awesome it's fucking weird, but yeah, um, yeah. So with the characters, we're doing something kind of interesting. So Nick, uh, you you tell them.
1: So yeah, basically, what 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 we can do is we are we are able to play any um, fallen heroes from previous campaigns because this this planescape is essentially the afterlife. One of a better yeah. words. It's uh, any past characters that have died. We have. We can play them if we want to, so it we'll would be quite interesting. But I was quite surprised actually, because I haven't made my character yet. But I've seen a few of the other boys have made theirs, and I thought they'd go for oldies, but they haven't. They've actually gone for new people, haven't they?
0: Well, and it seems like we, we're going to have a fun campaign here, because they've gone for real B-list characters. Like, yeah. one of them... one of, My brother's playing an accountant for the zoo that was previously <laughs> never seen in the campaign, so he's yeah. like a character, a new character, basically. Somebody yep. else is playing the postman his old character used to bully. <laughs> I mean, it's so weird. Like... And you think about Troika, right? I said, like, I sent said to, to the to both the guys, like, there's so many cool classes in this. You could be a thinking engine, which is like a computer. You could be a rhino man. You can be a paper witch, like so many weird things. And and then uh, my brother's like, I want to be an accountant. Um, okay cool but right, luck- well. luckily um, you know there's there's a skill in the game called mathmology which is like <laughs> nice. math yeah. magic almost yeah so yeah we there, it's getting a bit weird but yeah I think maybe we've got three more characters to make and maybe mm-hmm. people will go a bit more weird but um yeah I just find I, I think that's perfectly reasonable I'll oh, go weird yeah good <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's basically it. Um, I, uh, one last thing I really just quickly want to mention is that um, I wanted to replay Planescape the game in preparation for this campaign. I haven't had much time recently and I've also been quite unwell recently. So mm. I, what I did actually is I, I looked up there was a novelisation of the game. And everyone said that it was rubbish, but there's a guy who rewrote the entire novelisation of the game using text from the game, All and right. it's one of the most entertaining, readable <clears throat> and fun books I've ever read in my life. Yeah? And it's completely free. Um, you can just get it at torment.sorcerers.net forward slash you novel.
1: <laughs> yeah, It's really fucking good,
0: and it's just a testament to how well written that game is, because it's mostly just the conversation dialogue from the game, but you just read it, and it's so, so entertaining and, and weird. And uh, there's a skull character in that game that was the inspiration for Daniel in our Ravenloft campaign. Ah, oh, right. He's like this nice. slick talking, constantly joking skull that takes nothing
1: seriously. <laughs> Love it.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, that's it for what we've been playing. Let's get on with it because we've got a lot to, to do with this main subject here because we're going to do the 3T RPG awards. Oh, yeah. We've got them all on the table ready to go. Yep, yeah, we have. We have. It's, it's a f- I'm drowning in trophies over here, man. <laughs> yeah. They're PDFs, actually, but I've printed a lot of them out. Yeah, exactly. Main Subject Magic Main Subject Tokyo Main Subject Hello and welcome to the 3T RPG Awards 2020. I want to thank you all for coming here tonight. Socially distanced, of course, um, and of course we're gonna have some good times tonight. So charge your glasses, and uh, and yeah, just have a good time, basically. All right, cool. All right, <laughs> all right so this is the 3T RPG Awards 2020. And um, for those that don't know the format of this, it's me, Nick, and our other co-host who couldn't make it tonight, James. We've nominated one thing each for each category and then we've chosen a winner. Hmm. If something gets nominated twice or three times, it automatically becomes the winner for that category. We do best and worst and bear in mind the one rule we have is this is that all the awards here are for things we experienced this year. They didn't necessarily come out this year, but we think they deserve a mention. So let's do the first one, shall we? Oh, yes. And the first award is for Best Company... And the nominations are... Melsonian Arts Council, Merkborg, Slash Occult Altmaster Game, Slash Stockholm Cartel, and Drive Through RPG. And the winner is... Merkborg! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... I I don't know, man, like... The the, the trouble is, I don't know... Because the Twitter is called Merkborg... Right, But on the thing, there's Occult Altmaster Games and Stockholm Cartel, but Free League also published it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who the company is. But let's just say the lads over at Merkborg have been doing a great, great job this year. I think the um, one thing I really like is the website and their commitment to fan-made
1: content for the Mm. game and the 0% license, you know what I mean? Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, the design, you know, the brand, everything that it involves is involved in it you know it's just really cool isn't it
0: yeah and they're sort of you know their business practices the way they encourage people to make stuff and encourage people to use the same make it look like it is a
1: Morkborg product you know
0: yeah and they said that you know you can even pretend if you want that it's an official product and that's fine Um, and it's just uh, you don't see that type of um sort of trust and and uh sort of love for the community in too many places in RPGs. And I think that's the reason they really, really deserve the award. Totally. And you know, there's so much fan stuff. Like they do the sort of fan stuff of the week that goes onto their website and stuff. Yeah. And some of it's so fucking good. It was like yep. it's it's amazing. And they, they they just do a great job of encouraging this stuff and have a commitment, you know, to making stuff that's a bit
1: different, a bit weird and yeah, I think it's well deserved, don't you? I totally do and you know and it's like you know even little things like you know their Twitter's really active it will repost stuff including our thing which was really cool but you know it's nice that a company's very interactive. If you Um, retweet us you win. You win that's it that's the rule. (laughs) (laughs) But no I think they're um, yeah I I like so far so good like you said you know they seem like they've done a lot in a short space of time Um, and then yeah I just like their practices I think they're I think they're a decent company mate. Well done guys. Well done. And the next award is for Worst Company. And
0: the nominations are all for the same one, Wizards of the Coast slash (laughs) Hasbro.
1: Boom. Boom. Yeah, I,
0: actually, you know, there wasn't that much controversy this year with with resu- with regards to like companies and shitty things they've done, which is a good thing. The yeah. Wizards of the Coast, you know, they uh, got the got the two people to write an entire novel and then refused to sort of actually pay them and agree to their contract with the um, Tracy Hickman and Margaret Weiss Dragonlance thing. And I think, I think just just fuck them, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just it's just wrong and it's out of order and you know they're, they're increasingly going in a direction that, that that nobody likes because they're sort of bringing out loads of magic the gathering stuff for dnd so that people will buy their really expensive cards where people yeah. make money and yeah. it's like i like the blending of the two worlds but maybe just fucking maybe make it a little bit less cynical not just a, a <laughs> shameful cash grab yeah exactly yeah oh, so they, they they're the winners hands down they are, hands down yep The next award is for Best Product. And the nominees are Old School Essentials by Necrotic Gnome, Troika by Melsonian Arts Council, and Morkborg by Occult Altmaster Games and Stockholm Cartel. And the winner is Old School Essentials by Necrotic Gnome. Oh! I haven't actually seen or met the Necrotic Gnome yet, but he makes a good product. What does necrotic mean? Uh, I thought it was like rotting. Okay, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: smell him before you see him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. And mm. the thing is, but he makes a good product. He's a mm-hmm. good. He's a good bloke. Right? He's a good gnome. He's he's one of the best gnomes I've ever known. <laughs> hey, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so old school essentials is it's it doesn't do anything new or flashy. It's a it's an update of the basic and expert rules of D and D from the seventies or whenever the fuck it came out. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it packages it all in the most usable and well-made uh, material I've ever seen for an OSR game. It looks great. They've yep. separated the books out so you can just hand out spell books to people. That's cracking. The monster stats and all the descriptions are usable, only just a single sentence. It, it, the whole thing is designed from the ground up with usability in mind. Yeah. Yes, it's D&D. Yes, it's d and not even recent D&D, but <laughs> it's just done in like in in the best style. And for me it's style, sort of yeah. my go-to OSR game at the moment because it's just it, it, it's just so usable. I mean, you've played it quite a bit of it now. What do you what do you make of it?
1: I love it mate I absolutely love it um you know we've been playing it online we've played it over the table it's nice and versatile <clears throat> it's um pretty I mean it's easy to pick up and um, yeah it's good it's good fun it's good it's a good system it's a system that um you know when you know when a system's quite good when you're not constantly thinking how the system works you just do it
0: Yes, yeah, And that's
1: one of these games. I don't find myself, like, you know, scratching my head, looking at my character sheets, trying to figure out something. It's very straightforward. Um, And I like
0: it. I think that's what it goes down to, to the the usability aspect of it, you know. Because the whole thing is so well put together and well made that, like you said, there's never any question... Of what you need to do. And mm. in fact. A lot of it is really easily spelled out. If I tell you. You've got a one in six. To find traps. You know exactly what the fuck to do. Yeah. Um, exactly And right. it's just. Yeah. It's just classic stuff. Done really well. I mean. Mm-hmm. One of the things I particularly like about this. Is when I'm making an adventures. And I. I, I kind of. Writing down my my session notes and stuff. I'll often be like, I'll just boil down monsters to only the bits you need, like H- yep. AC, HP, damage, any special abilities, right? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what they did. Like, like it's really cool because you look at um, the entry for a goblin, for example, and it just says horrible green things live in caves, and then it's just like <laughs> attack, <laughs> yeah. damage, hit points, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's all you. That's all you fucking need. And what, so what, I do yeah. spend hours having to read where. The monster takes a shit all of this stuff and i'm aware <laughs> I'm, I'm i like yeah. that type of stuff right i like the yeah. old D manuals for that but in this particular case it's classic stuff you don't need to be told how to do it you don't need to be told what a fucking goblin is everyone knows what it is little green thing lives in a cave right so <laughs> yeah. and the whole game is designed like that nothing there's no erroneous and over-the-top detail and that's perfect for me yeah absolutely so the next category is for worst product <laughs> And the nominations are The Beast by Naked Female Giants. Oh, sorry. The GM's Table, Bobby Evans's YouTube show. And The Beast by Naked Female Giant. <laughs> We've got to be honest, when we talk about the product, right, we're not necessarily talking about the system. We're just talking about it as a as a as a product. You know, like yes. its design, it's how well it's made, how mm-hmm. usable it is, things like this. I think the reason we we played the beast and had a laugh. There's no there's no two ways about it. It was a good it was a good laugh, but the trouble is, as a product, is pretty bad. I think it's it's like seven quid. There's no art. There's no seven quid. Yeah, and all you get is like twenty sheets of paper with a prompt written on it, like. You know, I can't even remember the ones we had, but it'd be like, you know, today you caught a disease from the beast. What happened? <laughs> oh, that's like, it, yeah. Can we really call that a page? I mean, can mm. we? It's one sentence at font size 72. I don't think that counts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a crappy product. I mean, if it was released as a free one sheet and you could roll on it, I'd be like, fair enough. All the weirdos that are into
1: that type of stuff, get get your teeth around it right you yeah, know what I mean yeah, yeah totally yeah, yeah yeah I mean no art seven quids it's essentially a blank diary for you know having sex with a monster yeah and I mean that mm. is a sentence nobody should ever say <laughs> do
0: you know what I mean yeah exactly but yeah I, I, I like the uh, I, 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 I thought it was a laugh but it was mainly because we were having fun at its expense almost yeah but, I agree, yeah, and I the product is just badly made I think the what he could yeah like I say could have just released it as a one sheet and and, and that would have been fine you know um, but, yeah, it's just not a very nice product. it's, it's person it, on Reddit's going to be sad. Oh, dear. Yeah, that one guy that said, thank you, this is my favourite game. I mean, we should probably explain what it is, because it's basically like a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a di- where you write a diary, of, a roleplay on your own about having sex with a monster.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might might crack that out. Might crack that out for Christmas. <laughs> well, when you have got the family round,
0: round the turkey. Right, Oh Should we play some board games? Well, actually, I've got, got a little a something one. for you, Grandma <laughs> Nan. You're gonna like this one. <laughs> Alien oh, STIs. God. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell, that's such a gross thing to think about. Yep. All right, uh, let's go on to something good, shall we? Um, yeah. And the next nominee. Fuck. And the next award is for Best System, and the nominees are Merc Borg by Occult Altmaster Games and Stockholm Cartel, Cypher System by Monty Cook Games, and Basic Expert D&D by Gary Gygax. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't think it was by him, but anyway, uh, yep, the winner is Cypher System by Monty Cook Games. Now, give us a rundown. What are we talking about? About uh, Cypher here.
1: What is it, and C- why? Cypher, so yeah, we like Cypher. We tried Cypher out this year and it definitely helped us out with an easy game that is generic and... Um quite fun and adaptable so you can play it online it's pretty good over the table as well and it's just it's just a nice rounded system it gives you all the all the detail you need um but at the same time leaves it nice and open for you to fill in all the blanks with all your cool imaginative stuff Yeah, um, and it's like
0: you yeah. know it's, it's d20 it's the stuff we're familiar with but with one minor twist work well, up couple, but one minor twist that makes it Actually, quite a lot more fun and a really different dynamic to something that you're that you guys out there will be used to. I mean, yeah, you're rolling a d20 and beating a target number, but you can spend your stats, of which there's yep. only three, to bring that down. You can also mm-hmm. use items to do that
1: um, or try in to conjunction get... in conjunction with stats, which is cool. Um, yes, and some of the roles, if they're like you know, what is it like, ungodly or whatever? Um, you're looking at you've got to hit like a 24 or above. Um, so obviously, on a d20, it's not going to happen. So you must use these special Abilities and powers to get you to these high, high roles, and it makes yeah. it pretty really fun.
0: It really does, and, you know, part of the reason, you know, it's like, like say, for example, your strength isn't boiled down to a plus three if you've got high strength, you've just got a lot more of it to spend. Yeah. And as you spend it, that sort of simulates your character getting exhausted, as, mm-hmm. as it were. So, exactly. you know, like like you spend the whole time flipping cars over, ripping <laughs> off doors, things like this. By the end, you'll be exhausted, but there's nobody else that can do it as much as you. And then, yeah. it just has such a good feel to it. I like that sort of when, when you go to a role, yeah, you can just roll straight, but you'll just you just say to the GM, you know, I'm going to spend a bit of uh, intellect on this or yep, whatever, yep. and then and then you kind of bring that number down to make it more manageable, and it really effectively simulates the stats, I think.
1: Yeah, oh, um, totally, totally. And if you and if you know, and it gives you that little bit of agency as well, where you think to yourself, right, this roll has to pop off, and there's no excuses. You know, we can't fail here. So you basically blow everything you've got to bring that target number down to basically an automatic success if you have the points to do it which is quite cool as well
0: yeah yeah and and that that is what really makes it for me it's like those times when you just you need it to go
1: off you know mm. and yeah then you yeah, start yeah.
0: really spending it it adds such a exciting dynamic to it
1: totally um, and i definitely <laughs> think that the power is 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 solely put within the player's hands in this game you know
0: yeah, I mean, it must be nice. For, uh, it was your first time GMing this one this year, yeah. and you mm-hmm. ran us through a uh, Destiny game, and it must have been nice playing a
1: player facing game for a change. It was lovely. It was really, really nice, and especially online. Um, and and yeah, and a player facing game is definitely if you're if you're a bit of a, you know, I, I get a bit um, bloody. hell what do I do? So get a bit scary when I'm GM in That's it, flustered exactly. And um, you know, and for player facing, uh, yeah, really really good, especially if you want to hone your GM skills but not have to also be relying on your rule knowledge if you like. Um so that really helps. Um Yeah, that because type of yeah,
0: game. I mean, it really helps you not having to flip through the cipher yeah, books Exactly. Because all you're worrying about is okay, d- if the players know how to roll, fine. End of story. And then all you do is just focus on the story, nice mm-hmm. and easy. That's yeah, it. Mate. And I had a lot of fun, especially in combat, because combat in it is is a little bit loosey goosey. Like it's mm-hmm. you, if you want to move somewhere, you just move there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But like, and um, what it is is like it's more about narration because mm-hmm. you don't the enemies don't roll to hit you. You roll to defend yourself. All you need to concentrate is if they succeed and things like this, and then just come up with a fucking good story. And that that is, I think, the core of what's made I why i enjoyed cypher system so much to play because totally. it was all about story yeah, and yeah exactly. it was like the the things that you can do in it it's just i don't know It was amazing it was a fucking mm. good game man now destiny game it got to epic levels we had Thank very you, high-powered mate. guys it was fucking fun and it, cypher system made it all about the story and i noticed you know some people at the table the ones that are not as good at role-playing as others
1: were really fucking good when playing oh, this yeah, game. yeah, totally, totally. And so, I had a lovely compliment from Ryan as well, because he actually picked up Destiny the video game off the back of us playing that campaign, and um, the first mission, the introduction mission, he said it was spot on. I said, oh, does it? Because I couldn't remember. Um, but, yeah, apparently it was, it was pretty close to uh, the game, so that's that's good to know.
0: Well, I played... I did the same, and... Uh, oh, nice. I was... Oh, but, yeah, but I found it so confusing it's changed a lot because I played <laughs> Destiny 1 vanilla when it came Des- out oh back in 2014 yes. wow yes and and then completed it and sort of never played it again like I did the main quest basically yep. mm-hmm. so I was so confused and it's the same first mission from Destiny 1 so I was like what the fuck is That's going right. on I don't, I don't know <laughs> exactly. I don't, anyway but it is a fucking good game but I think you need somebody to come online and explain it to you but we stopped talking about yep. Cypher System now anyway Okay. okay enjoy the award Monty yeah enjoy it Monty um, oh, actually Nick uh, uh, you're going to feel you're going to feel pretty annoyed at me but I picked up Cypher System and you know one thing we complained about was the price because it is expensive but it is a gorgeous yep. book mm-hmm. um, yeah, and uh, I picked it up some guy was selling it on Facebook, and I got it for half price, mate. Oh, ho, ho. I good mean, nick. most of the pages are missing, missing, I was about and uh, yeah, it's all stuck up. together. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's actually all right. It's all right. I haven't read <laughs> it through yet, but it's really fucking nice. Oh, that's good, mate. It's, it's
1: um, I think it should, it's, it's definitely got a place on everyone's bookshelf if they want that I'm generic go-to man. easy system. So,
0: if you want to improve your GMing and/or role playing, it's a yep. fucking great system. Yeah, like totally like agree. for that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's because. Yeah, you just focus on story. But anyway, let's go on to the next one. Yeah. The next award is for Worst System. And the nominees are Dark Places and Demogorgons by Eric Bloat and Josh Palmer. Tunnels and Trolls by Flying Buffalo. And Tunnels and Trolls by Flying Buffalo. <laughs> now, don't get confused, listeners. I don't know how easy that is for you, considering how stupid you are. Yeah, take that, nerds. <laughs> Sorry, no, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I love you, really. Um, no, yeah. So s- tunnels and trolls. So this is um a very strange system that I have have a very strange relationship to because we did review it positively and yes. all the content in it. Um, you know, and sometimes when you review a book, I, I can say hand on heart that that fucking tunnels and trolls books had had a lot of good content in it and a lot of great ideas and a lot of things like this, but. The, the big trouble with it is this is a... It was the second RPG ever published, and he kind of went in a radical different direction for fantasy role-playing, and the way you kind of fight in the game is you, you, you roll dice pool versus dice pool and minus one from the other. It's simple, and anyone can get it, but the trouble is when you're do, you're adding up and subtracting, you know, whole team's worth of dice pools, the numbers themselves, rather than maybe, you know, just the sixes and fives or whatever. Gets a bit mucky, doesn't it? Really mucky, and it slows combat down to a crawl um yeah you know and that was the big trouble like we played it and uh what we got out of the story was really great and the characters were fun i had fun playing it but i just really really don't think the combat works on a really fundamental level it's not fun to play the combat bits and that's a real real shame
1: that's a shame yeah we struggled a bit didn't we because we obviously did an ap of it and um
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Because it was was sort of like you have to sort of narrate everything after all the rolls are done. And it becomes less fun because, you know, in another game, you roll your dice, you hit the thing. The GM narrates it, something cool happens every, you know, couple of minutes or or every minute, you know. And with this, it was sort of like, okay, roll, roll, you roll. Okay, add those two together. Now minus that from the other. Okay, so he's going to lose this amount of HP. So what can I say happened in that last round of combat? Okay, and then you narrate it. And it takes ages now, I will say this there is one good point about it, and the fact that the way the combat is set up it's really easy to play as a solo game yeah and that's fine because you're playing by yourself you can have you can relax do your little sums there with the fucking combat and just play a fucking game but you know it's not very good to play with other people it just isn't yeah sorry 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 about that. I still want to say that Kenson Andre is still a fucking really cool dude but yeah uh, and, totally. you know he's he's the he's the bad boy of the RPG industry. Yo, but, yeah yeah. It's unfortunately the,
1: yeah, the, and the content's great like we said and the book and the product's great it's just it's just lets it down a little bit on that on that combat.
0: Yes exactly and it really does make the game quite unplayable. Right <laughs> let's move on. Yes.
1: My main goal is to blow
0: up and then act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> All right, well, um, let's get to the next category, which is best sponsor. Oh, just see what I've done there. <laughs> I'll see what you've done there. So, uh, this podcast is funded by the cool, the cool and handsome guys and women at the Manscaped Company. Okay, and orcs—if orcs work there, yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm sure yeah. they do. I mean, that's why they need to shave the ball hair, you know, because. <gasps> Orcs, you know, they're uh, notorious. It's like a jungle down there. <laughs> so what is Manscaped? Well, they're doing these uh, these amazing, cool packs that you can get for any friend or any loved one that needs to clean up their bush and tush, right? So it's these uh, male grooming packages that, they, that, that, that you can buy on their website for a friend or for yourself, and you get an amazing 7,000 RPM shaver. You get ball oh, yeah. deodorant. You get yep. ball toner. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, We've got our packs come through, and the thing is, it's, it's little things like this you don't think you need until you use it, and it's like, the, the razor is so good, and it's specifically designed by the scientists in the Manscaped Labs to yeah. not nick your sack or catch hairs in it. That's right. So, it's it's, it's a good old comfortable shave, and your balls are going to smell nice, Yeah. Right? So, if you're going out on a date with a lady or man or other, then, you know... Get one get of them these them
1: balls looking fresh And can confirm It does work on your face as well Because it trims my beard up with it
0: <laughs> So did I But the thing is I did it the wrong way round I did balls then face No <laughs> But the good thing about it is though Is that it is waterproof as well So I uh, it a wash. I, I gave it a wash But yeah, yeah There you go and actually you can get uh, 20% off and free shipping by using code 3TRPG when you check out at Manscaped Um, do it now, right, because your balls will thank you, that's 3TRPG code at checkout on manscaped.com, get your stuff do your balls a favour boom, successful the next award is for best artwork and the nominees are Morkborg by Cult Artmaster Games and Stockholm Cartel Aces and Eights by Kenza and Company and Morkborg by Cult Ortmaster M- Games and Stockholm Cartel. So the winner is Morkborg once again! Oh, well done, Johan. <laughs> yes, Johan Noor, the artist uh, responsible for this. Uh, I, uh, mate, wh- what can we say that hasn't already been said about this? Really? Go buy the book, check it out. I think the reason this is so good is because it's sort of like a kick up the ass, right? This is a doom metal fantasy RPG. It's so fucking dark, and the artwork is all really innovative and fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it uses photography in parts. It uses artwork in parts. Texture. And... Texture, yes, exactly, mm. with, like, shiny foil pages and shit yeah. like this. And it's just for that reason. It's just one of those books that's so interesting. So a lot of the pictures you can look at for ages. You can just flip through the book, even if you're not doing like a second read. You can just
1: flip through it and just be like, this is so nice. It's just so... And this did quite catch us by surprise, didn't it? Let's be honest. It wasn't like we saw this coming a mile off. It kind of... um yeah caught us a bit off guard and uh wow
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it, you know the the artwork is one of the better parts about it obviously yeah. we can kind of lump in the design into one as well yeah, yeah. because it's the whole thing is almost art you know and it's it it is, it is yeah, so that's right. so fucking well made and so pretty to look at and mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's just it's dark as fuck got the great great artwork in there great photography and it just makes for this really atmospheric book and you don't see that too much i mean like Cypher system, for example. Amazing, amazing art. It really is, but it's like... It's it's just good art. You know, it's, not it's nothing new it? like yeah. this. This is yeah. this is like
1: this is the shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. And the, I mean the book's cracking. It's it's a luminous yellow. I mean it's pride pride of place, place on my um, coffee table and um, yeah, people have said, "What the fuck is that?" And I'm like, "I'm glad you asked."
2: <laughs>
1: good. Is this your nan again? You're getting her games it's out on Christmas again. day. Yeah, she's getting more Borg and the Beast for Christmas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I tell you what, it's weird that you keep yours in a coffee table because I keep mine in the local graveyard. I was about to say it should be in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> I dig mine up every time I want to read it.
1: <laughs> I resurrect my book every time I want to play.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just floats out of the coffin. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, you know, there's a guy in the book that's dedicated to. I can't, I can't pronounce his name for shit, but he was an old uh, singer called Dead um, <laughs> for for a uh, for a band, and he is unfortunately now actually dead. But he yeah. um. He used to bury his clothes before uh, stage show um, and then dig them back up and put them on so that he smelt like like he'd the been
1: buried. Blood. That is pretty cool, actually. But they were only playing to about 20 people, so it's a. Yeah, I don't they know maybe a bit. They were far away, so they couldn't smell him. It was just his bandmates. So it was like, fucking stinks, and no one else is getting this. It's just us. They all sort of pile into one corner of the stage. Meanwhile, Dead <laughs> is on the
0: other one by himself, and all of them. Have, oh, they've got pegs on their noses. <laughs> yeah. Now that's satanic.
1: Throw, him into, throw dead into the crowd you deal with him
0: <laughs> alright Next, the next award is for worst artwork and uh, the nominees are Dark Places and Demogorgons by Eric Bloat and Josh Palmer Veins of the Earth for Lamentations of the Flame Princess and Barbarians of Lemora for, by Simon Washburn and Beyond Belief Games and the winner is Dark Places and Demogorgons by Eric Bloat and Josh Palmer <laughs> Mate. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> thing is, right, you look at the cover for Dark Places and Demogorgons and you think they've put a lot of effort into this, that's great artwork in the cover, but then you, you get inside. Now this is a game all about, it's basically a, a Stranger Things type game, that's what it is. I mean, even on the cover, and this fucking pisses me off, they've even put like a little thing at the bottom, like, not where the title is, but at the bottom it says, in the 80s,
1: strange things may happen, and it's in the Stranger Things font. Oh, it so is yeah. yeah in the 1980s, strange things happened everywhere did they it's like it's like,
0: it's almost like those do you ever remember going to Blockbuster and seeing like uh like instead of the mummy on dVD which which is now is only out in cinema, not even on dVD you go in there and it's mummy or it's like transmorphers 2, or something <laughs> like, it sort of reminds me of that, and then you get inside and it's this like the artwork is fucking horrible, man. It's like so Archie comic like level cheesy and shite. Like this is supposed to be a dark game, and it looks like it was it was drawn for Archie comics. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah, I think I it started life as a school RPG. Then they tacked on the horror bit. That's what it looks like if you look at it. <laughs> it's a bolt-on extra. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even where it has extra rules for pe- playing Psionics, and it's quite clearly just put in after the fact. So um, yeah, I mean, but look, t- just talking about the artwork, it is—it's awful. It's like clip art level c- level artwork for a pretty bad overall game, to be well, perfectly honest. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to look at some shit artwork, get Dark Places <coughs> and Demogorgons. Sorry, I'm not going to let that happen this time.
1: <laughs> it's only up—it's only upstairs. At gas at the moment. It's upstairs. Gas. Sorry, this is weird. All right, um, <laughs> the next award is for best setting.
0: And the nominees are Merc Borg, Terra AD from Mutant Crawl Classics, and Luminera, a Luminera Destiny hack. And the winner is Borg. Merc-Borg. Mercborg. Mercborg. So Nick, talk us through the
1: setting here of Mercborg. It's good, isn't it? Oh my god, yeah. So it's like a poster pop up, post pop a up world that is um. Poster oh it's a Greek it's a Greek one, by the way. That's why yeah, it's called a post pop It's a poster popalopitus. Posta populopitus. Um so basically, yeah, you've got like there's it's it's rich in lore. There's these this two headed serpent called The Who who predicted the end of the world and like everyone is down, desperate and downright i don't know disenfranchised with their own existence it's like <laughs> um, disord-
0: yeah yeah it's it, and literally there are people just waiting for the world to end and sort precisely. of. precisely yeah then there there's, are a cult are trying there's to religious
1: it. nutters you know um oh man it's just it's just like every dark and dank thing you could think of all thrown together like you've got a like giant grave l- yards you've got you know ruined castles you've got uh, what's it what's the um oh my god what's the thing where the um uh the valley of was it the uh, the valley of the valley of the unfortunate dead dead oh mate yeah
0: yeah and there's like a a, um uh the son of one of these two-headed snakes that got uh, chucked down there because they thought he was dead and he's he screams up at his mum it's like it's just so it's so good and so dark and i mean the setting and the system are sort of one in this game you know uh but the setting is really the thing that made me want to play it and it's just yeah, it's, you're just playing on a dying world, and it's going to end like it, it genuinely is. But it's yeah. just a matter of time, and exactly. sort of if you're just trying to figure out if you want to be one of those people that's fighting it or trying to bring it about quicker. Do you know what I mean? Or that's somebody it. that ignores it entirely. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: precisely. But yeah, like you said, there's no heroes in this game, is there? I mean, there will be through no, people and, will try. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, But precisely. Yeah, I
0: think it's yeah, and it's it's bleak. Yeah, bleak as fuck. And I think it's one of the few games to do it with sincerity and a lot of um, doing it in a way that doesn't make you cringe. I mean, yeah. like Lamentations of the Flame Princess, it has a lot of modules and a lot of stuff James Raggy says that makes me cringe, you know. and this, But this is sort of like, so, like, at points so dark, it's almost
1: funny. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. But it knows you, it's doing it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I think it gets away with it. It's almost like, you know, when you see... Like a lot of the death metal bands I like. There's no way they take what they're saying completely seriously. But the fact that they sort of act as if they do, it makes it for me. Because it's like, Merc Ball, it's like, throw a knife at the page. I know we should mention that fucking video because there's a... a, um, bit in the book where in, you can choose a background by rolling a dice or you can throw a knife at the page that's what it says and somebody actually did it and Merkball posted it on their Twitter and said glad to see somebody finally following the rules
1: exactly yeah and we have made a little promise haven't we that um, once we finish the campaign we would do as the book says and burn it and then well maybe not the first printing but I might
0: have to buy another one to burn, <laughs> to burn because, burn because
1: I don't want to get rid of my first printing one <laughs> no because mine's a second printing you're lucky mm. That's right man. Um,
0: yeah, so I mean Merkborg, even even if the system doesn't interest you and you find it maybe too simple, just give it a fucking read because it'll uh, I think it'll teach you a lot about adventure design, about world design and things like this.
1: Even um, if you just nick
0: the tone and that's the only thing you like. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean because you could you could use those characters maybe in a, in another setting. You can use yep. their plundering of body tables, the magic, things like this. All of that could be put into any any setting really. Um, provided it's a fantasy one, but yeah,
1: yeah, totally. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, if you haven't listened to our um, little go on this recently, check out our new AP because we have actually done a Morkborg campaign, first episodes out. And um, I think that I think the tone gets across,
0: yeah. And we're doing a um, uh, well, let's put it this way it's, if you want to learn a bit about the world via play or uh, instead of reading the book, uh, yeah, listen to our AP because actually it does, we pretty much lay out the setting. Straight away. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so.
0: The next category is for worst setting, and the <laughs> nominees are Cyborg Commando by New Infinite Publishing, Cyborg Commando by New Infinite Publishing, and Wraith Thu from Enchantment to Fulfillment by Amanion Press. What is that? And the winner is Cyborg Commando. <laughs> James, see, James's nominations, he's the third one in all of these, right? And some of them are, f- are fucking weird. It's like, where did he hear about Wraith through, from Enchantment to Fulfillment?
1: <laughs> what is that? I've got to find out right now. Okay, good. Are um, you doing a live but Googling? Uh, yeah, the few the future the world as we know it has changed humankind is in decline and a new race has arisen from the ashes instantly diseased and infertile co- what infertile compromised the Achilles heel of the doomed human race uh okay alright alright well I
0: don't know if that's good or not he's not here to defend his choice but poor rule book hmm mm. hmm mm-hmm. alright but anyway let's talk about cyborg commando yes right this was, this was um, fucking Gary Gygax's attempt to be edgy, and and let's be honest, it's a, such a fucking stupid game, man. But we're talking about the setting here, and the setting is, right, that aliens are coming to Earth, for some reason we know why they're coming to Earth, and so new brands of cyborg commando, more machine than man, or maybe a combination of the two, have been invented the big trouble about the setting is how fucking silly it is like it's really silly and you know you have like mic. there's a microwave installed into every cyborg commando why yep. for reheating meals i mean obviously and there's you know it- they thought that you know having a laser gun in your finger would be cool but it's it really looks so stupid like it's really <laughs> weird because you're sort of pointing
1: at things pew, and like your fingers probably sort of quite impractical up. as well isn't it really
0: yeah, I mean, like, what, what happens when you pick your nose? <laughs> <laughs> You're dead, right? And that's game over. And, you know, like, one of the weirdest things is, like, often a setting... Um, okay, the, the, the idea of the commandos was a stupid thing, right? It, it could have been cool. Well, they're going for a Terminator vibe. But the trouble is, is because the... the and this is the stupidest thing about the setting. The cyborg the commandos are mass-produced, right? So mm. everyone starts out with the exact same gear. Well, I mean, wouldn't it be cool to, to like, customise your guy... Maybe yeah, little have, divisions. Yeah, have a, uh, you know, a. Water
1: dude, you know, one that can climb up walls. There's a whole team that are. You know, good at that.
0: But then, let's be honest, how they differentiate it... I mean, the backstory for the Cyborg Commandos is even fucking weirder. Because it's all about... It goes on about robot pigs and how this guy named a, a pig after his dead wife. And yes. it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. And then, uh, fucking... Uh, yeah, there's, and a lot of things, you know... A lot of settings will differentiate themselves by the system and, you know... Uh, what skills you can pick. And there's such a, a long, long amount of work put into... Things like doing your hair, um, domestic <laughs> cleaning, domestic cooking,
1: um, protocols, fashion. Oh, it's it's. So that's got behind the high on the, that's got behind. I wrote you know a cyborg commando's list, and it is is what he's wearing. Well, I mean, look, put it this way: the, say you What need he's to, cooking with his microwave? You need to go to the yeah,
0: exactly. You need to go right. This is the mission. You need to go to the uh, to the debutante's ball, right? the uh, <laughs> The embassy from Kenya is coming, and everyone who's everyone is going to be there. But there is a suspicion that an alien might have intercepted and uh, and and put on a suit, right? So you've got to go there, but you've got to get your hair right. You've got to get your suit right. And uh, oh, yep. the chef has been killed by the alien. So if you don't cook Shit. a good meal in your microwave, then you're fucked. <laughs> and trouble, the guy, and the, the Kenyan government isn't going to give you funding anymore. So, but you see, I'd what play I, that game. <laughs> I actually would. That would be funny. as fuck <laughs> as well because the aliens are like amoebas, aren't they? So it'd be like a big That's amoeba right. in a suit, and if, and he's like, <laughs> and everyone's like. You're sitting at the table, can nobody see this shit? And everyone's like, how dare you? That's the Kenyan government leader. Don't be so rude. <laughs> I mean, but you see what I mean? The setting, in order to make fun from it, you have to really emphasize the stupidity of it. It is a wildly yeah. stupid setting. And yeah. also, if you remember, he made the aliens nigh on unkillable. Um, that's right Yeah, it's like basically only nukes that can kill them or whatever (laughs) I think you're supposed to spend the game finding out that you can't kill them but imagine coming back week after week after week just dying every time to these shitty aliens (laughs) and all of you have the same skills and they've all got suits on so it's
1: even more like humiliating
0: yeah and there's a wind blowing so it ruins your hair and mid battle you're having to (laughs) fucking tear your skirt (laughs) <laughs> Get really upset. I just imagine it. this like <laughs> beefy, like Terminator cyborg, right? For all like all machine, big fucking hands shooting lasers, and then suddenly it goes Aah! as it skirts and torn by an alien, <laughs> which you really like. <laughs> oh, they don't do that one anymore. Um, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, but well yeah, deserved. fucking cyborg commander. Yeah, very well deserved. The next category is for best game for online play, and the nominees Ooh. are ICRPG by Runehammer Games Cypher System by Monty Cook Games and Old School Essentials by Necrotic Gnome and the winner is ICRPG by Runehammer Games yes yeah so for those that don't know this is an OSR game that's very very simple indeed you've got stats uh, and that's basically it then you differentiate your characters by getting loot and that's kind Mm. of how you level up um, it's done mainly with simplicity in mind and to be perfectly honest it's more of a toolkit for use with other d20 games that's where it shines its best i think yeah but i will say this the the, the thing about it is is i would it's worth getting the book just for the advice section alone but also if you buy the book even if you get a physical one from dtrpg you get all of the online play assets with it which is yeah really fucking handy but i think just as a system it works great for online play because of the going around the table um aspect of it you know where yep. you're you're going around like a board game yeah spotlighting mm-hmm. yeah and and also because of the simplicity of it and also because Runehammer Games released its own ICRPG virtual tabletop and gives you all of these brilliant assets to go with it um yeah that's kind of what makes it so so good for online play. Um, as I say, like, at a table, it's not my system of choice, but it's
1: it's a really, really good alternative when playing online. I totally agree. And, yeah, and, and you know, for, for, for a lot... I mean, I'm sure there's a few more people without the same boat as us, H, where, you know, our go-to is a table game. Um, yes. And through, you know, what's going on this year, we're not able to do that. And I think it's something that definitely fills that slot between, you know, it's not full-on online uh table you know virtual tabletop it's it, it definitely helps if you want to keep that table feel
0: well yeah and during the first lockdown you know we played icrpg fallout which is a fan-made yeah. thing uh for 10 episodes and i had a blast with it and you know me too fallout, mate, yeah. was a great uh setting for that sort of gear based leveling up as well yeah yeah we had mm-hmm. a good fun and and you know it's 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 a very simple game but it's so so worth it for playing online so i think well well deserved agreed yeah definitely and the next award is for Best Indie Product. And the nominees um. are Savaged Fallout at savagefallout.blogspot.com. Savage Fallout <laughs> at the address I just said. And Mork Borg. <laughs> and the winner is Savaged Fallout. <laughs> now, this is another thing I can't pick James's brain about because he's unfortunately absent due to his anniversary happening. Um, but uh, yeah I mean Mockwood is that does that count as an indie product? I would no. say it is, but then it's published by Free League, isn't it? Free League, one of the biggest publishing companies
1: going at the moment. Yeah,
0: so I don't, I don't know if that's technically indie, so don't do me for it, listeners. Me and Nick nominated something else. We It was yeah. as indie as you can fucking get, because it doesn't even have a, <laughs> its own website. It's blogspot.
1: It's so not even published.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this yeah. is another one. Like, last year, a free game won. Last year, where uh, we did Cyber sprawl Classics, and this is another one. Yes. It's a free addition to uh, Savage Worlds, and... There are different versions of Savage Fallout out there. This one is called Savage to Fallout, but curiously mm-hmm. the website is savagefallout.blogspot.com. Yeah. Oh yeah. But
1: shows that shows how indie it is, mate. Yeah, because it's just full of mistakes. no it really isn't I mean we've been banging on about this game for years and it's spectacular we love it and um,
0: it basically it's a mix between Fallout 1, 2 and 3 stuff Um, you get a DM's guide and a player's guide which are uh, easily printable you get two different types of character sheets about four adventures a setting where he's made it uh, an entire sort of a post-apocalyptic California I believe yeah that's right um, <clears throat> which is really fucking cool and all of that's available on his website he's even got adventure cards as well which are like another play aid basically for Savage World they're really nice um, they got the Fallout art haven't they as well so yeah he well, they look well cool. I know uh, he's redrawn it all oh probably copyright Yeah. So he's definitely, okay. no, it's original art by him that he's redrawn that looks very similar for some reason. That looks vaguely like... No, actually, like- I think he's all right to use it because it's not profit,
1: non for profit, isn't it?
0: Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so he has used it. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, whatever. It's good. It's really we
1: good. Played, we had a really good fun, we had a really fun time with it this year.
0: It's, and it's really comprehensive, you know, it just does all the work for you. It's got all the weapons, all the, all the cams, all the monsters, everything you expect to be in there is in there. And it's split into, you know, players' guides, DMs' guides, all of that stuff. This should be a real product. It should be a fucking thing. But whatever you do, don't play the, the, you know, the Modiphius one. Play this one. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. The next award is for Industry Rad Dude of the Year. And the awards and the nominees are Brendan LaSalle for his gaming therapy stream. The Spellburn Podcast for being wholesome and shit. And Bruce Cunnington for sending out RPG care packages during the pandemic. And yeah. the winner is Bruce Cunnington. Now for those of you who th- th- don't know, he is, uh, Bruce Cunnington is a bloke in the DCC community who's basically famous just for running games constantly. You know yeah. how uh, uh, Goodman Games, they do this um, uh, thing that's like, you, get, you can get awards for running public games of DCC. That's
1: right The more you do The more The swag you get Isn't it Yeah and he's basically He's basically His house is full of swag (laughs) It's a DCC um, endorsed
0: house yeah, exactly. He's got stickers all over it. Gong of Doom, all of this shit. And, and you know, like, he's just his love for the game is incredible. He's always running yeah. it. At a convention I saw him at recently, I'm like, oh, so what are you playing today? And he's like, I'm not, I'm running eight games of DCC. And it's like, all Oh, right, cool.
1: my God. He's a lovely bloke. It, oh, I've had the pleasure of meeting him as well. And he's a lovely, lovely guy. He's
0: very, very nice. And, the yeah, the cool thing he did this year was that during the pandemic, when everyone's having a tough time, he was sending out uh, copies of White Box D&D mm-hmm. with... Uh, pens, pencils, rubbers, and um, for our American listeners, an eraser. Um, he wasn't sending out condoms; that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and dice. So basically, everything you need to play a game of uh, really old school D and D. Uh, yeah. And he he was just doing it for free. He just said, "Look, if you know anyone that could uh, that wants one of these, I'm sending as many out as I can afford." And that is just amazing.
1: Bless him. Yeah, what a what a great thing to do. You know, I mean, I again, personally shit, asked yeah. him for ten. <laughs> yeah, I asked for all of them because um, you know I'm really busy. But no, it, it, what what a fantastic thing to do, eh?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 let's be honest, right? I'm I I wouldn't do it. I'm not that nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's just it's but it's good to see people in this in this hobby that are, are doing things to try and cheer people up, you know. And totally. that's just fucking yep. amazing. Yep. The next award is for Industry Douche of the Year, <laughs> and the nominees are Bobby Evans, Adam Kobol and Adam Cobal. Alright boys. Alright. Well not boys, boy. Alright boy. Alright boy. <laughs> Seems a bit weird calling you boy, doesn't it? Because like, it's weird because I often say I to you... like y- an apprentice again. Yeah. Boy! Fetch my Come here boy! Well it's like, um, it's weird because like, I'll say to you and James, alright boys? Or I'll text you, you're looking forward to tomorrow boys? But then yep. if, you, if I just call you boy, it's a bit weird isn't it? Especially because you're older than I am.
1: <laughs> yeah it's true actually. <laughs>
0: Anyway, yeah, Adam Coble. Let's talk about Adam Coble. So he's he's one of the two creators behind the Dungeon World game. So this is powered by the apocalypse, but it's fantasy. That's what it is. And this guy's one of the creators, and not just a uh not where well, we're gonna get a little bit political it's just gonna happen all right but let's be mature listeners so the thing about it is is that he is an sjw type he is one of those types of people not saying that's wrong but he is and he does a he does a live stream right with a bunch of people he knows and during said live stream right he 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 did a live stream earlier this year and he included a really graphic rape scene right yes. which a In a live stream, what the fuck is wrong with you? He made made all of his players uncomfortable at his table, right? Mm. And his excuse afterwards was, "Well, I had an X card there, so if they didn't like it, they can pull it up." And sort of, when you think about it, it's it's sort of an almost a, you know, like my feelings on the X card. I don't necessarily believe in it in every setting, but here's the thing: like he's almost like perverted the use of it. He's going, well, I'm going to start doing anything graphic and disgusting and pe- stuff that's definitely going to make people uncomfortable, but they're always welcome to interrupt the game, right? And bear in mind, and then pull up an X card. And when you yeah. think about it, it doesn't work for those people that really are too socially awkward that they don't want to interrupt the game. Mm. Uh, maybe they can't see around the table that their friends are having an uncomfortable time. Maybe they they think they're the only one that, that thinks this is gross, when in yeah. reality, yeah, yeah, yeah. they all thought it was gross, but... I think that's the problem and it doesn't just mean do whatever the fuck you want because you can always opt out right if you're playing with people maybe try to make a concerted effort not to do something so fucking gross especially exactly. in a live setting imagine if those people's parents were watching you know oh, yeah it, do you know what I mean they, yeah it, to me this is it's just it, it's disgusting I was
1: looking for a reaction maybe
0: yeah possibly but then i don't know he's the type of oh, i i just don't get it i don't fucking get it Ooh. and basically it's a really really dickish thing to do to the people that you're live stream with if you're doing it at a home game right and often let's be honest amongst men jokes get really disgusting right but this is sure and i've got to be honest there's been some pretty gross things that have happened in some of our games but that's private between five mates who know each other really well right and <laughs> yes. nobody else is hearing that and it's it. Well, it's not reasonable. It's probably wrong. But the point is that this guy he did it in a public setting where he embarrassed five people and did something fucking stupid, and then di- instead of no apologising, yeah, yeah, should use your card then. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. So I think a well-deserved winner. But actually, do you know what I think, Nick? This, guys, actually, uh, we, we noticed before with the Douche of the Year Awards that they were getting steadily worse, and now <laughs> yeah. it's going down a bit. This guy's a little bit better than the previous ones, so I think yeah. I think this is looking up. There we go, there we go, see? The final award Woo! is for the People's Choice Award. We'll just talk about this straight up. So basically what we did on Reddit and on, on Facebook is uh, we just asked for your suggestions. What do you think should win an award this year? It can be a person, it can be a product, it can be a system, it can be a rule, it can be a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be a cup. <laughs> yeah, really like, like a <laughs> cup this year. Well, DCC did do a, did a good cup one year, but unfortunately yeah, we one, we did. We? Yeah, it so maybe maybe we could stick an award in here for
1: that. Well, best cup Bet- of the year. All right,
0: Next, cup, of year. <laughs> cup of the year, all, yeah. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> um, yeah, so let me just go through some of the runners up, and these are the ones that got multiple votes. Okay, yeah. okay? so first one was campaign coins. And these are the coins we... Do you remember
1: we used them at SavageCon? Oh, they're uh, cool. All different designs. And they're proper... like yeah. They look like proper, you know, proper little metal coins. And they're all quite... They've got a really nice finish to them. They're all different. You can use them as bennies and whatnot. Yeah, they, yeah. They're the ones? Yeah, they are cool, Yes. Actually.
0: Yeah, really nice. You get 50 for 30 pounds, but they yeah. are very nice. Mm-hmm. Next one was Wormwood. Um, and actually, this was the, the, the runner-up uh, that got the most votes. Uh, Wormwood are a company that make really high-quality uh, wooden accessories for d d Famous for making the, uh, the screen that Matt Mercer uses on Critical Role they're super fucking nice products man custom like wooden screens Ooh, cool. um, really nice like f- properly polished finished like dice towers that are foldable gotcha. yeah, boxes for yeah, nice. dice great Tables company stuff. yeah wicked the next two uh, two nominations are for Roll20 and Foundry VTT, which I think is the I- I- ICRPG one. But um, yeah, ah, and gotcha. A lot of people just nominated VTTs in general, um, but unfortunately they didn't win. And I have to agree, a lot of people have got a lot of joy out of them this year. So yeah, fucking cool. Yeah, absolutely. And Runehammer Games got a couple of nominations. These are the people that make ICRPG. Great company, always yeah. um, up for improving their stuff. And the last runner up is Sprawl Runners and actually it's one of our mates that made it. Uh, yeah. Man- Manuel Sams, it's his uh cyberpunk setting and it quickly went to the front page of fucking DTRPG and it's doing super oh, mate. well. So
1: it's doing really
0: well. L- yeah. Lot of people are to, to him. But, you, mm. but the winner of the uh, of the people's choice. a Lot of really great suggestions there but the winner is uh, Matt Coville, of all things. It's got a, oh yeah, overwhelmed with views. Um Yeah, for those that don't know, I mean, he's probably most famous for doing his series called Running the Game on YouTube. And it's just this series, all uh, I would say sort of uh, intermediate to advanced level series all about running the game better. And I I personally have used some of his advice before. I think Mm that his YouTube series is... spectacular like it's just really short videos mostly about maybe how to run a political game how to run a mass battle um creating interesting characters things like this and he talks from you know years and years of experience and seems like yep. quite a nice guy as well it does
1: yeah and you can see his enthusiasm for the for the hobby really well, yes because through he his talks videos, so
0: fast Yeah, (laughs) look, that's my one criticism, Matt. Slow down, man. Slow down. (laughs) Slow down. It's 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 it's, it's a talent, right? He can talk incredibly fast, but I was I put his playlist on once while I was just doing the washing up and sort of I must have got through like about five or six videos of his, and just uh, I kept having to rewind them because he was just like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been wearing DD for many years and I can't even do it I mean it's just crazy but but to be fair his content's good it's it's yep. consistent it's it's mm-hmm. decent advice so yeah Matt Coville a very deserving winner of the People's Choice Award this year I don't know if he yeah, maybe well done, did, did something special this year maybe
1: but fuck knows maybe the people will tell us yeah hopefully
0: but yeah well done Matt right. um, just give us a shout out on your YouTube channel please with all your thousands <laughs> of views that'd be great <laughs> so that is That's all it. the 3T RPG awards this year let uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, some good fucking winners. It's been a. It's been actually considering how horrific it's been.
1: Do you reckon it's been a good year for what for gaming? Yeah, for gaming, absolutely. Gaming. Mate. We've we've continued gaming, uh, and it's been cracking. You know, it's. I've uh, still had fun. Obviously, we've had to adapt a little bit and um, be a little bit more flexible. Uh, but for the most part, the gaming's been one of the better parts of this year, isn't it? Totally, man. I mean, and the thing
0: is, is that this is the one year where we really struggled to populate a lot of the worst categories. So you it's mm. like, a couple of times in these awards, we had a best but not a worst. And it's because we just had experienced a lot of fucking good stuff this year. I mean, right. especially, especially on the podcast. There's been so many, like, we've been diving into history a lot and things like yes. this. And, yep. you know, a lot of it is like... I don't know. There just hasn't been that much negative stuff this year, and I think that's a good thing. You know, it's been that's a good thing. Yeah. All the products, most of the products I've bought and got into, I've really fucking enjoyed. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's just yep. it's it's good. It's been a good year. Yeah. Um, Agreed, mate. We'll be sending out everyone's awards. I mean, last year we did it as a PDF award, as sort of a joke, a funny joke. Yeah. I'm going to try and put more effort into the picture this time because that one was awful. <laughs> I, I didn't expect people to actually post it on their websites or on Twitter <laughs> or anything, and that was embarrassing. It was so bad, the fucking thing. <laughs> Oh,
1: dear. (laughs) That little cup thing, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I'm not an artist, man. I tried my best.
1: (laughs) Oh, mate, it was cracking. I loved it. Made me laugh. (laughs) All right. um, But yeah, let's do some Electro Letters, shall we?
0: In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the Electro Letter... So we just asked for your best gaming memories of this year. Um, yeah. You know, it's, as we say, it's been a good year. And actually, a lot of people have been using using the uh, the gaming to get over a bit of the darkness. You know what I mean? Not oh, the I band, because they're cre- really quite good. But I mean...
1: No, actually- <laughs> no one needs
0: to get over the darkness. They need to get into them, mate. <laughs> That's exactly... Especially at Christmas. They did one of
1: my favourite Christmas song songs. Oh, mate, me too. Yeah, me too. That's a great song.
0: Alright, well, the first uh, gaming memory of this year comes in from Timothy Peer, and he says, Let me tell you a tale of two heroes, Singhood and Trusty Blotches outcasts from their individual peoples one a tanned giant blooded mingle and a lanky god greased thief and berserker together they went into a certain home in golditch court in the rotting heart of the city of seven score thousand smokes this is lankmar Ooh. by the way yeah. being shrunk down to the size of rats by a long dead sorcerer's curse fighting sentient rats spiders and a mean Lankmarie's alley cat they made their way bloody steel in hand reaching the top floor of the home they did a battle with an automaton of this sh- in the shape of an old dead cundra and regained their size reaping a good amount of wealth from the home including information on many a noble family in league with the rats of Lankmar below they
1: escaped into the night making many an enemy in the process sounds like a fun fucking adventure yeah it does sound fucking fun that's exactly what I was thinking what a fun game that sounds like
0: if I'm not mistaken I think that's a published adventure called No Small Crimes in
1: Lankmar Ah, I think because the cover of art... it's got a cat on the front yes yes, yes that's
0: yes, the one yes 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 I've seen it as well yeah because it's it's like two tiny adventurers with a big cat screeching at that's them that's the one yeah, yeah exactly I'm certain it's got to be that but that sounds fucking fun like infiltrating Doesn't by it? the sewers and then and then revigulating <laughs> yeah, spiders and, yeah exactly
1: automaton of an yeah, old man. Uh,
0: it sounds I, cool I've got like most of the Lank my adventures for dcc but i've just never got around to running it yet but it mm, does sound we get, amazing we will.
1: it's on that list and it? it's in the case in the it's in the backlog to play for sure
0: yeah definitely um owen lean he says uh, jane austen versus cthulhu larp in january best i've ever run and it's inspired by a book which is basically the best thing that ever happened okay sounds cool i mean um i read uh jane austen's one what was it pride and prejudice and zombies Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. it as a secret Santa and just read it at my uh, at my desk at work. Um, it's, quite, it's somewhat funny, but You're you know, right. it's one of those things where the meme sort of runs out quite quickly. You know, <laughs> yeah. I it's don't know. I, I, I don't know if a whole LARP day of Jane Austen versus Cthulhu would be my cup of tea. But there you go. Glad you enjoyed it, mate. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. The last one comes in from uh, Daniel Irwin. He says, "Most awesome moment." The Sharknado in our Deadlands game, made by the PCs, of course. I couldn't have even thought something like that would happen. That, or our voodoo priestess opening up a Mojave Rattler. Think of giant sandworms from Dune. Like a zip (laughs) by diving down its throat and cutting it open from the inside. So, so, a PCs in a Deadlands game made a Sharknado. That's so cool. That is
1: fucking cool. That is cool. And do you know what, actually? This year, um... At savage net uh, which obviously had our, our, our annual uh, convention that we run that we had to t- take online this year due to the pandemic and Dan run a game a night at the services and that was fantastic as well yeah that was um yeah so it's like a what was it a haunted um petrol station mate it was yeah. brilliant it was absolutely brilliant we were like a band and we were on tour and we had to stop at a petrol station overnight for the services and uh, yeah there was all sorts of weird goings on within the services but, such um, an that incredible be idea there for one of my games of the year actually personally actually that's my well, personal we'll one we'll get into our favourite memories of this year
0: in a second but Daniel Irwin mm. actually says uh, he, he mentioned something about the game he says uh, Ryan Field one of his players and his train spotting comment before hiding t- diving headfirst down a toilet <laughs> hole yep yep <laughs> so what did it, in there? What, what happened? What was the train spotting
1: comment? <laughs> oh it was like a oh, dirty you're... bathroom wasn't it you went this is like chain spotting and then jumped that's into the it. toilet and then just jumped in that dirty toilet and hid in there yeah but then that was actually um, <laughs> part of this. if I remember rightly I think that was like a secret passage that got us down into the basement where they were making burgers out of people so. oh
0: okay okay So it makes more sense it's like both of these stories it's like making a shark sharknado somebody diving into a toilet it's like we need more details alright because we need more it than just that. raises so many questions <laughs> questions yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome oh yeah what about God. you man like so you that night at the services game at Savage that Con. was one of
1: my that was one of my favourite online games. Especially you know it was a convention game, but the best. Oh my god! I and I, I keep going on about it, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say that the alien C section emergency C section within a UFO on a foreign planet was probably up there as one of the most dramatic and fantastic um, scenes I've ever played in a game. It was so.
0: So obviously, you know, this being a science fantasy campaign, I had to to do an episode based on alien. Uh, Oh, absolutely. You know, what it was is that these guys basically saw a UFO crash full of grey aliens, but an alien to them had also invaded the ship, and it was a Xenomorph from aliens. Yep. One character got impregnated with the with the alien egg. Um, well, two did. One remembered and got it out. <laughs> yes, that was right. He sicked it up, and like for the next three or four sessions, I'd sort of be I'd be talking about the character. It was a character called Grant, and I'd be talking, you know, as the GM, like, yeah. So you you sort of you're you're cruising across the wasteland. Your big heavy belly sort of weighing your back down and giving you real bad back problems. And he wasn't reacting to it. I mean, it was even on no. his ship and stuff like this and then I just at one point I just said remember Ryan you are pregnant as well and he's like oh it fucking hell <laughs> so yeah so suddenly Grant has to go down on the floor and every, and we did sort of a, a big dramatic task with the, the other characters sort of doing an emergency C-section on him to get the alien out and it was it was a really atmospheric because we did it while the ship was sort of semi-crashed as well yeah. and you know we had, we had one person sort of pinning him down your character Nick was sort of doing magic on him like almost like the gas and air but you were
1: That's it. sending him That's to a it.
0: hallucinatory area Area where he was calm and
1: uh, like took yeah. it like, to a a lady I think or something I can't remember now but yeah uh, I mean, some sort of hallucination to keep him calm while we um, you know conducted surgery well the bard conducted surgery of all people <laughs> well, the bard <laughs> he's
0: like this sort yeah. of he's, he's like, a little like an tip listeners.
1: don't use the bard don't yeah. use the bard as a surgeon
0: he almost died he almost died and it was so tense man it was like it was oh almost God. like a real birth it was but it was incredible it was It was pretty it comprised like almost half the session but I don't think it felt like it was boring and then no. right at the end the cool thing was is when you sort of cut open the final like through a final membrane and the alien jumped out uh, Yeah. yeah we rolled initiative and then Nick's character he wins initiative and uh, first attack, he rolls the highest damage you can with his dagger. So it's like this thing just jumped out, and then you just nailed it to the floor with your dagger. And it was such a cool fucking scene, man. <laughs> mate, it was incredible. Loved it, loved it. What about you? Uh, my, well, gaming memories from this year, I think I think one of my favorites, considering we've been playing online, I've got two. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to say the Cypher System game was great. That was definitely yep. one of them, the Destiny game. Oh, thanks, mate. I sort of, it was one of my, I, I sort of learned, like, Because something that annoys me as a GM is sort of like not... Look, kind of as a player what, what makes me a bad player I guess is that, is that I do get impatient because I'm like I'm, my mind's going to miles a minute because yeah. I'm always GMing you know I'm mm-hmm. always like thinking about loads of characters and this one I just I just said to myself right stop worrying about that shit be a fucking patient guy and just sit there with your cup of tea and enjoy the fucking game yeah. and because it was such an atmospheric and fun game I spent most of it you know leaned back in my chair cup of tea in hand just fucking listening to this awesome story going on and, and us sort of making it together and we're discussing parts of it and stuff you know Yeah. and uh, yeah just i, I love that game man and the awesome. destiny world was great it was a fun fucking game um other one has to be uh during the summer when i dm'd old school essentials for the first time outside oh, and uh, yeah. also i've been sort of like me and james you know his daughter he wants to get her into rpgs and stuff he even tried to put her into the warhammer club at school but <laughs> she's a bit too cool for that like and um because Blanca. james yeah happened to have like that day um his no not that i'll bleep her name Um, he he happened to have his daughter that day so he brought her along to the game we played had seven players there and uh yeah she was one of them and it was the first time ever gming for a 12 year old and she smashed it man yeah she she got it was brilliant she got really violent as well she was like (laughs) i'll I'll take my whisk out and shove it in this bloke's eye hole and we're like yeah cool man because i made it really like comically cartoonly violent and there were a lot of really funny sort of parts about it. it was like it was good it was very good fun and just GMing outside, the first time I GMed in person in, like, six months. Yep,
1: glorious sunshine in the park, you know, socially distanced and all that business, you was, guys.
0: But, yeah, no, it was cracking. It was banging. I was terrified people, some, like, of the local, like, rude boys were going to come over and be like, Oh what, what the fuck are you doing, clean chair? <laughs> Give me your dice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just invite them in, you know, and then te- ten seconds later we got them, like, fucking playing a wizard. That's the plan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that. Those are my those are my two favourite memories of this year. Very good, yeah, mate. Definitely, good definitely. Actually, you know, on reflection, it's been pretty good. Uh, I I think so. Like, the games we played, certainly. Everything else has been mm-hmm. fucking rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yep. Like, At least that's fuck stayed. Fuck me, man. Like, I've had the worst, like, month of my life. Oh, I don't no, know what's no. going on. I mean, yeah. you've had a tough time. Everyone's had yeah. a tough time. We won't go into details, but fuck me. Oh, oh, that's no. why we need That's why we need the gaming. That's why we need people like Bruce Cunnington out there sending, yep. sending shit out, you know? Couldn't agree more, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is basically it for this year. No, it oh, isn't. We've still got an no. AP coming out. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, anyway, let's do an outro, shall we?
1: Let's do one. I'd like to thank all the Patreons for making this show an amazing show Uh, you're all very very much appreciated Um, the the
0: listeners you do make this show right because if you
1: you, this would be deeply strange if nobody was listening to this
0: (laughs) and 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 redundant yeah exactly (laughs) just be me and you then we'd listen to it back
1: and be like yeah funny joke you made there yeah Yeah, nice one thank you (laughs) two two listens every episode
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I mean and, and you know you guys you guys do make it but there is one listener out there and specifically keeps listening to the same episode over and over again and can I ask you to please fucking stop I'm it's,
1: I'm getting sick of it every time I look at our analytics that one woman is at the oh, top no. of the charts number one listener and it's, it's their own thing
0: it's an episode they sent in we'll not spoil anything here but they sent in a letter and we read it out as part of a bonus and, uh, and yeah she, she's listened to it over a thousand times Fifteen hundred times, I yeah, think something is, like then. that. Fuck me. So you're the one listener who needs to stop. All the other ones, actually, maybe we should. Maybe all the other listeners should sort of come up to her level, right?
1: And then we'll start yeah, listen getting somewhere. To, somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Can you believe that we've been on the air for four years? Oh god, makes me feel old.
0: I, I, I You know, it's and it's so funny how different the show is now to what it yeah. originally was. Oh I, my I, god, and god I'll, tell me about honest, it. It. Sounds egotistical, but better, right? I listen to myself oh, in mate. the in the old ones, and I cringe so hard. Pretty shit, me too. I'm just
1: like, <sighs> 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 <It's>, <laughs> constantly.
0: <laughs> oh god, yeah, there's that, and then and then it's because of the shitty microphone we used, and then it was yeah. also the. Um, Oh, man i was trying so hard to be edgy all the time and to be honest i'm not actually really like that in real life I'm, i actually no. quite like wholesome stuff but i no, thought no, that's f- right i kind of wanted to be a little bit edgy and, and it's just it didn't suit me like uh, but i was trying so hard and also some of the jokes i made are fucking bad man i mean they're still bad but they were worse then Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. we've come a yep. little way <laughs> thank you listeners thank you very much i mean you really make the show but let's be honest i make the show I, I edit it. Oh, I yeah, literally you make do the show. Edit it. You literally make
1: this show. Yeah, you do.
0: <laughs> then Nick, Nick, you too, and James. It's been, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Um, so yeah, thanks to all the patrons. Thanks to all of you guys for listening. If you don't donate on Patreon now, get over there and give a uh, ten grand. All right, all right. And uh, that is going to be it for this year. Hmm. We hope you've all had a good one. <laughs> I've been Harrison Hunt. I've been Nick Lambslice. And. <sighs> hmm. I fucked it up. And remember that D20s are cool, but 20 Ds. Now that is a
1: good time. Indeed, it is. Yeah. Where's that 2021? D2021. Oh, oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finish, finish on a high.